Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Shivani, we bout to party, we bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Welcome everybody to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I am Aubrey Edwards here with my guest co-host, the wonderful Alex Abrahantes. How are you doing this morning, Alex? I am doing fantastic, Aubrey. Super pumped, super excited to be chatting with our very special guest today because she is beyond awesome. Can't even find a word to describe her. (laughs) Yes, it's like I can list all of the amazing things she does and I feel like it still doesn't do her justice. And I'm just like, at the same time, like, oh yeah, totally not surprising that she's here. But uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Good morning, Renee. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing okay on my second cup of coffee. Yes, I've got my same. This is my second. Well, you're on the west coast so you're really throwing them it back 7 a.m mm, yeah <laughs> yeah when i saw the timing i literally was like oh my gosh aubrey's in seattle that's gotta be Lee up and adam it's the uh, it's the reality of living i think about that all the time she's that good gotta stay on the ball right and that's one thing i love about not living on the west coast anymore is having to adhere to the east coast time zone which is just standard Right. It's some bullshit if you live on the West. (laughs) It is bullshit. It is. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the understanding. I don't complain. (laughs) It's what I get for choosing to live out here after working with this company for three years. Sure. It's like, yep, I got long flights and early mornings, but that's just the reality. Anyway, let's not talk about me because this is a podcast about you. So so there were rumors of you signing for a really long time. And I know you had been backstage every so often, just kind of anytime we were in this sort of like Ohio Midwest area, which is it was always great to see you, by the way. Thanks. Good to see you guys. So when did you sort of start actually like, ah, maybe I'll maybe I'll come back to wrestling? You know what? Honestly, not too long before it all happened. I feel like once my mind was set and I like, listen, from the second that I stopped doing TV, I was like, oh, I miss that. But I've obviously been like extremely preoccupied with having a baby, <laughs> with doing my podcast, with moving, with like... John's schedule being busy. So it kind of took me a second, I think, to like really get my bearings to like get in a good groove to now being like a lunatic being like, you know what, let's add another thing onto the schedule. (laughs) (laughs) But I do I I really missed it. I love 
getting to do what I get to do. And obviously AEW was the place for me to go to do that. But I feel like once that that seed had been like planted in my head and I started having some conversations, obviously uh, internally within my own house, talking to John about it. And then it was just like such a no brainer. And then I feel like before I knew it, there was like a contract in my email and I was like, okay, here we go. Let's do it. Was there one set moment or was there any time that you specifically remember and you, you said to yourself, you know what? This is it. Yeah, I definitely want back in. I don't know that there was like a moment, but I, I don't think that there was ever a moment where I thought that I wasn't going to be back in it. You know, like I felt like that door was always very much so like open and like wafting and like the the wind for me where I was like, when do I step back into that? So I really never felt like that door was closed. I think it was just a matter of when. Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, mentally wrapping your head around that too of like, okay, we've got a kid now. How do you travel with a baby? When do we travel with the baby? Do we have a nanny? Like it's just all those other factors that does. it's not just about me and my schedule by a long shot anymore. So it's like really trying to factor all those things in and I still don't have an answer to all of those things. So that's a learning <laughs> as we go kind of thing. Um, but you know what? I'm really lucky, obviously, having like such support at home. We've got tons of help, lots of extra helping hands, whether it's my mom, John's mom, we've got no shortage of extra hands to help us out while we figure all this stuff out. So you had been backstage a number of times with Nora, which thank you, by the way, she's an adorable little baby. And it's always <laughs> great seeing her and her grumpy face. She looks oh my exactly God. like Mox. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Oh, my God. So great. Uh, so you'd been backstage a lot. Uh, what's it like now being backstage? Like, is there any sort of difference? Is there a difference kind of feeling? Yes, it feels so much better. It's really nice to go to a wrestling show and like just be a fan and hang out. But I'm neurotic and I'm like, I should be working. I should be doing something. So <laughs> I always felt like I don't want to say out of place because, I mean, any of that feeling is like obviously completely on myself, not on anybody else making me feel that way. But I'm so used to being at a wrestling show and working and being busy and being useful. So to be there and just be like hanging out was like a little off for me. So now that I'm actually in there and working, it's, it's funny, I feel like my first day, because normally like when I'm there, I'm just kind of like hanging with John. I'm following him around, seeing what he's doing. So now it's like, all right, deuces. I'll see you at the end of the day. He goes to, you know, he, he gets his day up and running and I go off to do my thing. Yeah, it's it's really nice to just sort of feel, I guess, I don't want to say like that independence of being there, but just like, I guess, yeah, it's like the usefulness of it. I, d I didn't like the feeling of just like hanging out. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. But now you're in it to win it. And I got to ask you, because this is so cool. Obviously, we just had our first international show, if you will, in Toronto, mm -hmm. and you were able to make your debut in your hometown. Was that irony? Was that coincidence? What was that like? So I think that was kind of the plan all along. It's funny because I like John had kind of kept saying leading up to it as that seed was blossoming. And I was like, I should get back to doing TV. And he was like, well, Toronto makes the most sense. But I had not had any conversations officially with anybody. Um, and that had always kind of been in my head that was like, yeah, Toronto, I should do something. But I was like, but what? What am I going to be doing? Do I just come out and say, hey, am I actually going to like start working that day? Like, what is that going to look like? But I mean, Toronto just couldn't have been a better fitting for me. I really didn't know what to expect of like what kind of reaction I was going to get, if people were going to care. 
any of those things. So it was really, really nice to be able to go out and open the show and like have a pretty warm reception from everybody. Uh, really kind of made me check myself a little bit. It was really, really nice. I remember being backstage in the go position, looking through the format right before we go out. And it said like, interview Renee Paquette. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> and I look at you, I'm like, congratulations. This is awesome. Because like knowing the the Toronto Association, I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. And I hadn't been on Twitter that day. <laughs> and then I opened Twitter and I see the All Elite graphic. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Congratulations again. I had no idea. This is awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I remember us having that conversation in person. Like, I can remember those very specifically of you being like, oh, cool. You're going to start the show. Awesome. And then, like, oh, you actually work here. It wasn't just a one off. Um, so, yeah, very, very cool. That and happened to I me too. Like- I, I jumped out of my seat because I saw the same thing. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Renee is opening the show. This is going to be great. Oh, and she's interviewing Christian Cage. This is so awesome. And then I just happened to check Twitter right before going on. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm super excited, super pumped for you. Thanks. It's really, really cool. It's definitely like Kid on Christmas where you're just excited and then you open that cool toy that you've been looking forward to. Like, yes, it's even better than I thought it was. (laughs) That's how I felt, too. I was just I was like so excited to, yeah, just be there and to be working and to like there's so many of my friends that I've known for so long to be able to like be reunited with people in that capacity and just kind of like get back to the thing. And it's funny, like all day I was like really nervous and I've not felt nervous like that in a long time. It was actually a nice feeling to feel again. Where I was like, oh, okay, we're back in like this kind of feeling. But as soon as it was actually time to go out there and do that, I was like, oh, no, I, I know how to do this. And it, it felt really nice to just like get back to it. Was it fun uh, interviewing Christian Cage? Someone that you've known oh, yeah. for such a long time. That was definitely like, I guess, I guess there's like that comfort level of it being him and knowing him for so long and being like good friends with Christian. Yeah, to, to be able to bring out another Canadian and know that he was going to get like a really big pop from the crowd. That was that was something that was also really exciting too to just like see what was going to happen and then knowing that he was going to, of course, shit on the Toronto Maple Leafs as one does. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that bit in particular just because like you come out, you have this huge like positive reception. Everyone's so excited to see you back to wrestling. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, Chris and Cage, and then boom. <laughs> it's like this <laughs> yeah. roller coaster of emotions in Canada. Like, what a way to start the show, man. Totally. No, it was so, so fun. And they were just so loud. And Toronto and Canada in general is just such like a wrestling country. Toronto's a, be- a very big wrestling city. Mm-hmm. There's so much history there. There's obviously like a deep roster of amazing wrestlers that have come out of Canada. Um, so I feel like anytime there's a show there, the crowds are always just like clamoring for that. And to have that be the very first show that AEW has ever done there, it's funny. John actually almost like psyched me out at first because when I was like, oh, I'm going to like open the show. What am I going to say? How's this going to go? And he was like, well, just keep in mind, this is the first time that AEW has ever been in Canada and you get to say the very first words of the show. And I was like, oh, well, for shit's sake, I wasn't thinking about it in those terms. (laughs) It made me like take pause for a second. I was like, oh, my God, don't screw it up. Like it just I felt sort of like the gravity of that moment. I don't know if it was, you know, that kind of gravity for anybody else. But I was definitely feeling that of like, oh, God, okay, don't screw this up. (laughs) Is John the kind of guy that like psychs you out or like, is he more of like a, hey, let's get ready to go. Like, you've got this. He's always kind of quiet and he's hard to read and stuff. So I'm like, sure. I'm always curious. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he is very like, 
he is very calm and collected with what he does. He has like his own energy throughout the day before a match. Like he is really like in his zone doing his thing. So like once I knew what I was doing on the show, I was like, okay, I can handle this. I, I've, I'm ready to go. So I'm like getting mic'd up, getting my ears in, all that stuff, like getting ready to go and do it. And all of a sudden he shows up at the monitor and I was like, oh, it's like the person that's closest <laughs> to you. That's the person that's going to stress you out more than anyone. So John's there. Eddie's there. They're, and John's just like, you got this. Listen to them. You can hear them like psyching me out. He thought he was pumping me up, but I'm like, you're actually kind of making me more nervous right now. <laughs> He's just there trying to be like supportive husband. And I'm like, mm, this is making me feel a little bit more stressed out. Could you go away, please? <laughs> totally. Yeah, I know. It's so funny how that happens. It's like you could do a show in front of a bunch of strangers. But as soon as there's somebody like like your family is there, or like your most like beloved friends, like that's when it feels really nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, he knows you know, I think he has more confidence in my abilities sometimes than I do. So it was nice to just like have that that reminder to like, you're fine. Go out there and do it. Also, you've got like three lines. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been obviously very busy since coming into AEW. It's like you hit the ground running and then yeah. you were just uh, in the mix of everything, including the situation between John Moxley and MJF. Oh my God. Now, you interviewed MJF and he did quite an impression of John Moxley. And we want to know what your thoughts were on that impression. How did you keep it together? Because it was quite entertaining, right? It was actually a pretty good impression. I mean, not that we're surprised by that. MJF is MJF. He's a world-class performer. But yeah, when he, I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't see it prior to going out. I didn't see him going over it. I didn't see anything like that. So me seeing it out there for the first time and being able to just like hear what he was saying. And like anytime someone does that, like John mannerism, that's like this big, like shoulder movement. <laughs> so anytime someone does that is pretty funny. But yeah, just like the lowered brow, just like skulking around. I feel like MJF uh, definitely did a did his due diligence in his John Moxley performance little shit <laughs> i was a little upset to hear him like oh, with all due respect shut your mouth like i feel like right <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> i feel like it was one of those like oh that's a really good line they have really great chemistry together man fuck this guy like <laughs> what an asshole yeah it's like she's still new man like give her a yeah, chance give me a second give me one second but i mean hey jeez it's going to happen. But it was really fun. I was ha I was happy to see that I was doing a promo with MJF um, pretty early on because I kind of wanted to witness what he does up close like that. It's funny. I was talking to him ahead of time and I was like, when I, I used to do a lot of promos with Paul Heyman. And that's something like that, like kind of performance. I like being able to work with people like that because it gives me so much to do. Whether Even if it's just like a small facial reaction or something, that's what... I love getting to do stuff like that. So it was fun getting to do some of that stuff with MJF. I'm uh, I'm curious too. One of the other people we've had debut recently is Soraya, mm -hmm. but just a few weeks before you. And I know you guys kind of go way back, like you're good friends and whatnot. How wonderful is it to be able to work with her as well? The best, the best. It's really funny because, I mean, obviously her and I had been in a pretty close contact leading up to all this stuff. I mean, her and I have, you know, we've been tight for a long time. So um, aside from both of us signing our contracts, like right around the same time. But yeah, it was very like serendipitous, I would say, to just see her come out. Like that was a moment for me. Like I was there at Arthur Ashe and I was like, 
I have to be in the crowd. I need to go out and I need to see this. Like just feeling that like swell of emotion for a friend of mine that I know, you know, I know her whole story. I know what she's been through. I know those ups and those downs. And I know that wrestling is her. That's what she does. That's who she is. So to see her like back in that spotlight and to get the reaction that she did and just seeing her like be the star that she is meant to be, it's really great. And now to be able to like really witness that up close and personal, um, I get to do a sit down with her and Britt Baker uh, this week at TV in Baltimore. So I'm really excited to kind of get to the bottom of what exactly is going on uh, between these girls. And, you know, just to be able to see her, um, you know, I met her when she was you know, 19 years old to the woman that she is now. And it's, it's really cool to be able to see someone in like their maturation process and becoming a woman and and really kind of taking in that spotlight of the good and the bad that can come with that. Um, So I think to be able to see her in this iteration of herself in a company that's going to like really let her thrive and be who she is. I'm really excited to see what that means and what that looks like for her and and for fans to be able to watch what what she brings to the table. Yeah. And it's so great that you have that relationship with Soraya and so many others backstage. And it truly comes across, especially when you have an opportunity. Which is not Soraya, by the way. It's Soraya. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) No, you didn't say that. You didn't say that. Commentary had said it. You said it right. Okay, good, good, good. good. I always get paranoid (laughs) about that. I'm like, oh, did I just botch that? When I was doing the backstage with you, I was like, don't botch his last name. <laughs> oh, don't you have no up. idea. I do. My last name is Paquette. I get butchered all the time, too. So <laughs> I, I hear you. Can I just say, by the way, it was so cool that moment, just being there, having you interview Ray, having you interview me. It was just such a surreal moment for me because I've been such a big fan of yours. I look at all the interviewers that have kind of come and gone and you bring something so unique, so different, so much fun. It's always, I always look forward to your interviews because you bring this genuine authenticity to it. And it's just, even just the little subtle nuances of the things that you do, whether it's an eye roll or, you know, you can just read, you know, your body language. It's just such a wonderful thing that you do. It's just so amazing. So I'm just so excited to have you here. Thank uh, you. And it was really a lot of fun. So I look forward to uh, hopefully continuing to definitely. Have an opportunity to, oh my gosh, uh, but not in Spanish to work with you. <laughs> oh, well, hey, that's next. That's next. You busted out a couple Spanish lines. I think you're halfway there. Yeah, I I, I have an intro. That's all I've got. Damas y caballeros, les presento. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've got. Hey, there you go. That was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> this is Renee talking to Aubrey and Alex on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we're going to talk about some non-wrestling stuff. Yeah. It's Alex and Aubrey back with you in AEW Unrestricted. And we have the pleasure of having as our special guest, Renee Paquette, who is absolutely amazing. Yes. We're having so much fun. She's so much fun off stage and on stage. And it's so cool because you're just you. And one of the things that I want to know is, do you have a preference of working in the backstage interview area or do you prefer working in front of a live crowd? Mm. You know, it depends. There's always something about being in front of a live crowd that's going to make someone, uh, you know, anyone that's like, 
a performer of any degree, it's fun to be out there. It's fun to hear those reactions. Though it is funny <laughs> when I went out in Toronto, I like kind of stepped on like the crowd noise because I hadn't been there for a second. But I did the same thing with MJF. It's it's waiting to like react to the crowd. And when you're with someone as polarizing as somebody as MJF and the crowd's gonna be like, you know, they're very vocal throughout that promo. It's funny to like wait for those moments to kind of jump in there. But it's fun. It's such a fun, cool energy. And to be able to kind of like react to what the crowd's doing and and feel that energy is great. But there's something really nice about doing the backstage stuff, especially if we're pre-taped and you can just kind of like throw shit against the wall and see what's going to happen. I love when there's like to just have like some bloopers that happen is awesome. But I, I just I really love getting to do the backstage stuff. Like you were saying before, it's like just being able to have some of those reactions, the facial reactions, the body language, whatever. I feel like that's something that you can have a little bit more fun with when you're backstage because it's a tighter shot. There's a little bit more intimacy with that. So there's something about that that I really like too. There's my non-answer for you. I like them both. (laughs) (laughs) They're both both good in different ways. They're both really nice. Yeah, I mean, there's not one that I don't like. It's like salt or sweet candy. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, they're Mm. both, like there's a time and a place for both, right? Yeah. That being said, chips all day, every day. Oh, yeah. All dressed? Oh my God. Obviously it's the best chip of all time. <laughs> I had to run up, Aubrey, I had to run up to Renee and, and ask her. I'm like, Renee, you're Canadian. Can you please tell me the secret of these all dressed chips? Yes. They're so good. We were not given the recipe. That's not part of our birthright in Canada. It's some not bullshit. Fair. I know <laughs> we should have that. I feel like that's something you guys have that you just don't tell us and you're lying to it's us. It's right true now. because everyone mm. always thinks of ketchup chips where it's like, cool, ketchup chips are great, but like the all dressed now we're right. fucking cooking with mm. grease, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's where it's at. I feel like that was the one goal I had going to Canada, like perform in an awesome show. And then make sure ketchup chips and all dressed chips yes. are consumed. And hickory oh, sticks. So hickory good. sticks are really good too. Oh, didn't have those. What are hickory sticks? Those. I don't know about this. I, I don't know if there's like a comparison to something of like that here. They're like, they're very like smoky hickory, obviously, but it's um it's not like a barbecue. Um, and they're like really skinny little sticks. So you feel like when you have like a little bag of them, you kind of feel like you're eating them all day because there's so many. It's like just it sounds like you're just eating crumbs and it's kind of like that, but something very satisfying about it. They are oh, great. Something to look forward to on our next Canadian adventure. Now, hit me up. I, I know all of the best chips. I could Ooh. rank them for you. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Future episode of AEW Unrestricted, yes. Renee ranks Canadian. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we could fill the whole 45 minutes with that. Oh, certainly. Especially <laughs> if we had on some other Canadians to really like talk a little shit about what the list ended oh. up being would be great. Yeah. That'd be a heated debate. Mm-hmm. That would I'm be. Sure. That'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the things I did not know about you was that you moved to LA when you were much younger, studied improvisational comedy in order to pursue comedy. Like talk about this a little bit. What got you into comedy as a kid? Yeah. Was it like that your dream? That was my dream for a really long time. You know, I was just remember being a kid. So without this turning into a whole like, oh, my gosh, here's my whole life story. But my parents split when I was really young. And anytime I would spend time with my dad, my dad's big into comedy. So we watched a lot of like Kids in the Hall, SCTV, SNL. Um, We were watching all of that stuff. My dad's just been like a huge, huge fan. So that's something that I gravitated to right away. But I also think as a kid, and I don't know if it was like – 
an awkwardness or like trying to fit in or whatever, but I've just always loved being able to make people laugh, whatever that was. I mean, whether it's getting kicked out of class, some like, you know, harmless fun, getting in a little bit of trouble. Uh, But yeah, just being able to make people laugh was something that I really loved. And it wasn't even something that I fully knew that I wanted to get into that. So it it was more so the acting side of things. Like I didn't want to be a comedian, so to speak, but I liked those comedic actresses a lot. Um, So that's why, you know, I got out of high school and I was like, what am I going to do? How do I get into this? What's my like foot in the door? And Toronto is such a great city to really get your start at. There's so many different outlets, so many different places to kind of pursue whatever that avenue is, whether it's theater performing, it's comedy, it's acting, it's whatever that's it's all there in the city. So yeah, I I went to Second City and I was like, I'm just going to start here. I like applied to a bunch of colleges, didn't get into any of them, by the way. Different story. Um, So yeah, I called my dad. I was like, can I have $250? That's what it was to take the first class at um, Second City. So he gave me my 250 bucks. I drove myself downtown Toronto and started taking those classes. But yeah, it really felt like kind of a means to just like start doing something. Also like kind of side note. (laughs) And also really random. <laughs> but when I was a kid, my mom worked for a photographer and he was like, oh, you should do modeling. You should do blah, blah, blah. And I was like 10. I was like, okay, cool. That's so I had gone to a couple. I know. <laughs> a I had gone to a couple different like talent agencies, but I was so young that they're like, and they gave me a pamphlet for Second City. And that stayed in my like bedroom drawer for years and years and years until I was like, you know what? I should take a look at this. Um, And yeah, I mean, I literally just finished all the classes there and was like, Hollywood, here I come. (laughs) I had barely, I mean, I had been auditioning at the time, but I, you know, I didn't really work. I was 19. I was really, I had not been doing much for very long. Um, So yeah, I I moved my ass to LA without, I did maybe a couple music videos. I didn't have much of a resume to speak for. I certainly didn't have a green card or a visa or uh, anything that could legally allow me to work. So yeah, I was really just trying to like navigate those waters and figure out like, how do I start this? How do you go from Canada to working in the United States? And that was always such a big hurdle of a thing for me that I I really wanted to figure out. And now I'm a citizen. So suck on that, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So you obviously have a very interesting background. How did you end up getting into the world of professional wrestling? So... I come back home from living in California because I was like, "Mm, I'm not getting anywhere and nothing pisses me off more than feeling like I'm wasting my time. I was so eager to work and ready to go. I'm like, I'm hanging out with people that are auditioning and going to do stuff and great for them, but I can't do anything because an agent won't see me. I can't get into any auditions. Like I said, I was there without a visa. I couldn't work. So people didn't want to touch me or do anything with me. So I was like, this is, I'm kind of burning rubber here. So I went back home, um, started auditioning again, started taking other acting classes, um, getting an agent back in Toronto and getting back to work. And again, I still felt like I was like, oh my God, waiting for these auditions is killing me. And what's my break going to be? How am I going to get my career started? I was going on all the different like casting websites and stuff. And that's how I found a job for a hosting position. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if it's for me. Um, So anyways, I went in, had fun with the thing, started hosting from there. And then that led me to working for a sports station in Toronto uh, because they did comedic style interviews with their athletes. It wasn't like straight behind the desk. It wasn't straight up sports. That's why I kind of gravitated to wanting to go there. But they had the rights to WWE in Canada. Um, And that's my boss then was like, do you want to host an after show for Monday Night Raw? And I said, yes, of course. 
And then kind of the rest is history from there. So sort of a long ass tale to get to it. But yeah, it was kind of just a, a matter of means of figuring out how do I get started? Where do I go? And then, yeah, kind of one thing led to another led to another. And now here we are. When did you become a fan of wrestling? Because it's kind of interesting to take the route you did and then yeah. end up in wrestling after the fact. Yes. So my dad toured around with bands. He still does. Um, so he was always in the entertainment industry himself. So when WWE would come to town, he took me and some of my friends out to the show. I remember getting to like see like Kane and Mick Foley and China and The Rock. Like just get that was a, an interesting degree of names I listed instead of starting with The Rock. <laughs> I landed on the rock. But anyways, yeah, though there was like those moments of being there. And like, you know, it's like any kid, everyone was watching wrestling at one point or another. So I was watching it for a bit. But then my interest kind of deviated. I played a ton of sports growing up. So like that consumed so much of my time was playing sports. And, you know, you become a teenager and you're out hanging out with your friends. So I was like busy doing all that stuff. So it was funny to like kind of circle back to it as, you know, an adult, a young adult and being like, all right, so what's going on here? What's happening? And like kind of re-submerging myself back in that world. That's fantastic. You uh, obviously have had just so much experience. You've gotten to do so much. But one of the questions I personally want to ask you, because when I see John do something so over the top, so extreme, I've actually thought this a couple of times in my head. I wonder what Renee's His thinking. His poor wife. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> so what is Renee thinking? You know what? I don't mean this to sound like cavalier, but I, just, I feel like I'm so used to seeing him do what he does. And I know what a professional he is at what he doesn't. Listen, we all know injuries can happen. It can happen to anybody at any moment. We've seen that. So there's always that in the back of my mind. And don't think I don't like watch him like a hawk during matches to be like, does he look fine? Does this look okay? Is he acting normal? Um, so those are things that I always kind of keep an eye out. Even with this match with uh, with Hangman, watching like what happened there, I was like out in the crowd and all I could do was look at John to like react to see like how he was reacting to it to be like, I'm going to scoot my ass to the back right now because some shit's gone down. But yeah, you know, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. All of the blood honestly does not phase me. It's like crazy bumps and stuff that freak me out more than anything, which, you know, he's not doing any moonsaults or Spanish flies. So at least I don't have to worry about that. Yet. Don't say yet. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> don't say yet. No, I can put a period on that. There's no dot, dot, dot. That shit ain't happening. I don't think it, I don't think that could happen. <laughs> it's one of those as a referee, if you have a mox match, you make sure that you have an extra pair of gloves on hand. Yeah. Like, what is that like for you being in there like that close? And like, even like when guys get in your face and stuff, like what is like, how is that for you? Uh, it's, I don't really think much about it anymore. I think early on it was like, oh, God, this guy's like huge. Like it was more like the intimidation factor of the size type thing. Sure. But I think now it's almost funny. So like we've got a the ref group chat where like we'll talk about the things that are happening during the show just to make sure we aren't repeating anything big. Sure. And then whoever has the mox match that day is like, oh, there's blood in the main. It's like, yeah, of course there is. Because mox is there. Yeah, unless like, you're in New York. Duh. <laughs> right, unless you're in New York. I think New Jersey, <laughs> yeah. maybe Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, can we do guardrails here? <laughs> yes, yes, okay. Okay, we're doing yes. guardrails in every single match then because we've been working with commissions recently and everybody's got to let go. Right. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like I don't really think much of it, I guess. 
I, I know, I know, I know what you mean though. It's like when you're kind of in it, you're in it and you don't really have time to overthink things or stress about things. You kind of just, whatever's going to happen is going to happen and we will go from there. Right. Like having conversations with people like, wasn't this thing crazy? I'm like, dude, this is like every week. Yes. <laughs> I'm yeah. totally desensitized to it now. Exactly. So one of the first times we met was back at the May Young Classic, the second one, where you were doing commentary. Yeah. It was super awesome because from my perspective, it's like, man, we have this like awesome women's representation all over this program, right? Like female ring announcers, female commentary, like everything. Mm -hmm. And then seeing you progress into a commentary role on Raw was just one of those like, hell yeah, we have this strong independent woman. We get to hear her voice for three hours. This is incredible. And I know that you've kind of said previously on podcasts, like you're not really interested in going back to a commentary role. But what was that like sort of transitioning from the interviewer into the commentator? You know, it was I mean, it was great. It was one of those things that like, was it the job that I like loved and like always had my sight set on? Absolutely not. But when that opportunity came knocking and I really felt like I had checked so many boxes. I did X, Y, Z and blah, 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 blah. I did so much stuff and I was constantly like, I want to do more. I want to do more. How can I do more? What else am I going to do? Um, and then when the opportunity came up to do commentary for Raw, I was like, hell yeah. Granted, you know, I had done it previously at NXT, you know, called main event for a little bit. So I had like a little bit of experience, but it had not been for years. I kind of like put that to rest and it wasn't going to happen. So when this opportunity came back for me to join commentary, I jumped at the opportunity. Like what a feather in my cap to be able to do through my career. Like it was, it was awesome. I have the utmost respect for anyone doing commentary because it's like moving parts, moving parts, so many different things happening. Things are changing. The shows are changing all the different things that you need to account for. It's not something that I want to go back to do, but there's obviously different circumstances between one thing and the other that could make this another opportunity a little bit more fun to do it. So who knows? I, I don't think that that's something that I want to do. I, I love getting to do the interviews. I love getting to do you know, some of the sit down stuff to, you know, whatever other things that I'm going to be able to host. I think that's my sweet spot. And not that I don't want to be outside my comfort zone. I think there's really something fun to test yourself and test your skill set and try to like make something work. I feel like I've done that throughout my career of like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to figure this out and it's going to be fine. Um, so to have something that I don't feel like I could say, oh, I did that and I made it work definitely leaves like a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, mm fuck. Mm -hmm. But I'm not enough of a egomaniac to feel like I got to go back and do this. I, I don't really <laughs> have those feelings. But yeah, we are talking to Renee on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we got fan questions, but also we got to talk about the cookbook. Ah! Oh, yeah. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Alex talking to Renee, and we have to talk about the cookbook, which I absolutely loved seeing. I know you would love WWE, and I was like, okay, what is she going to do next? What is she going to do next? She releases a goddamn cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> Who saw that on my bingo card? <laughs> right, exactly. But I think like knowing you a little bit more now, like it totally makes sense. It's like the next level of things, right? Yeah. It's called Messy in the Kitchen, My Guide to Eating Deliciously and Hosting fabulous and sipping it's a long it's a long title my bad because you know what it's really hard to name a book so i just kind of kept going on and on and on 
and it's just a run on sentence and they approved it. So that's how it went. <laughs> when you don't have that production guy telling you to cut it off, you're yeah, just like, no yeah, one's I'm going to keep going. It's like, yeah, calm down and just name your book. <laughs> so speaking of your book, I got to ask because I remember on Instagram, you would post these great videos of you and what you were cooking and what you were making. And I always thought that that was really cool. Is that kind of what sparked this idea of creating a cookbook? Yeah, I love cooking. I love food. My days revolve around food and what I'm going to be eating, what I'm going to be cooking. Spaghetti and meatballs tonight, baby. Oh, God, I got to nice. have some garlic bread to go with that because what is spaghetti and meatballs without garlic bread? Damn right. But yeah, I just I love to cook. And, you know, I obviously you guys can relate to this. But when you're on the road so much and you're not in your own kitchen, all of a sudden you're like really longing to just be in your own kitchen and cook your own food and not eat a club sandwich from room service or whatever. So that was something to me like I've always loved to cook, but I feel like I really kind of honed in on that and like really trying to like brush up on like what my cooking skills were just when I was on the road. I, I, th I thought about it all the time. And then I just love cookbooks. I love them. I love buying them. I love flipping through the pictures. I love reading the recipes. Like I just really wanted to be a part of the cookbook community. <laughs> so I shoehorned my way in there and, and wrote a book. Um, but it was also really fun for me to write that book because I had not written in a really long time. And as much as it's like, oh, you're writing recipes, duh. But like writing the little blurbs, going into them and getting to like have fun with that. I really felt like it was a very me book. There's nothing I would change about the way the book was. Like I think the the pictures all turned out really great. The recipes are really fun. The writing's really cool. At the very back of the book, there's QR codes as well for like curated playlists that I made for so that people can kind of like set the mood, whether you're having a date night or you're just having a barbecue with some friends or you're having girls night. So there's like a couple different options there. So yeah, it's really a menagerie of a bunch of different shit that I like. Cooking is one of those things that it's multi-senses. Yes. It's not just what you eat, right? It's it's how the dish looks and how it's plated mm -hmm. is such a big deal and how you actually enjoy it. And I like the idea that you you focus on the music aspect as well because I always, I always have like those key playlists that I listen to when I'm cooking. Like yes. it's, it's got to set the mood. Like I don't know what it is, but Cake is my favorite band to listen to. Okay. Interesting. Interesting it's just choice. It's kind of laid back. Okay. Does it make like, you hungry okay. for Cake? I'm always hungry for cake, so I don't think <laughs> this is really any different. On the topic of the cookbook, I'm curious, what do you consider your best dish and what is your favorite dish to cook? I think one of my favorite things to do, and this may sound a little basic bitch, but I really like to do a whole chicken. I think there's something really nice about just making the whole chicken. So what I like about this recipe is that like, it's easy to do. But there's something kind of fancy about like putting out the here's the whole bird and you get to carve it up and like that like golden, crispy, beautiful skin that you can get on it. But while I'm cooking this chicken, there's baby potatoes underneath oh, it, which mm. are now cooking in the chicken fat. So when the chicken's done, I pull the chicken out. You got to let that baby sit for about 10 minutes anyway, so the juices can kind of settle in. Everything can do its deal. So while that's happening in this big cast iron skillet that I've been cooking this chicken and now you take like you know, the bottom of a mug or whatever, and you smash all of the little potatoes up and then they crisp up. You like kick the temperature of the oven up, crisp them in that chicken fat. Oh my God. It's heaven. It's really good. Wow. So would Crowd you say pleaser. that's your, your best dish as well? 
Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's definitely like a go-to. If I was having like a dinner party or something like that, it's probably something that I would cook. But I also just like, I love putting together a good charcuterie. There's a whole thing about charcuteries in there. Um, John's more of like a picker when he eats. He is not a sit-down meal kind of guy. Oh, my God. It took me years <laughs> to figure that out. I'm like, why is he not sitting down to eat this meal? He like wants to like grab it and go. Having like pickable foods really good. There's lots of sandwiches. You can't have a cookbook and not put in a mac and cheese. So I did a jalapeno popper mac and cheese. I love it. I made a corn soup as well that was inspired from my trip over to Japan with John when he did Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I'd never had corn soup like that before. I was like, I must recreate this. How did they make this amazing soup? So that's kind of the fun of it too. And writing the book, I would like, I was like this maniac in the middle of the night. I'd be like, oh my God, I can mash this thing together with this thing, which is how I came up with the French onion soup grilled cheese. I was like, I love grilled cheese and I love a French onion soup. How do we like just get like the cheesy crouton bit of the soup? That's what we want. So yeah, it was a ton of fun writing it. Also, God, do you eat a lot of food during that process? Oh, I imagine. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Well, along the lines with food, we actually have a question about what John's favorite food is. So Ryan Kratz wants to know, uh, well, what's John's favorite meal? <laughs> so uh, he calls it pizza chicken. <laughs> okay, that sounds delicious. <laughs> it's literally just, it's like the like little chicken tenderloins is usually what I cook it with because I hate these like gigantic chicken breasts that you get at the grocery store that are like a pound a piece. They're disgusting to me. Um, so I do like the little chicken tenders, but it's just... It's salt, it's pepper, it's garlic powder and some like Italian seasonings and then some like brown sugar on top. Mm -hmm. That's one of his like favorite things. He will eat that all the time. He really likes the all-dressed chips pork chops. What? Yeah, if we want to give a little callback to the all-dressed chips. Wow. So I will, I yeah, I use that as like the breading for some pork chops, bone in, obviously. And there, that's one that he really, really likes. And I do a Cincinnati chili too. I think he likes that, obviously, because he's from Cincinnati. But is he going to sit down and eat a whole bowl of chili? Not really. But like, truth be told, John's favorite thing to eat is like lunch meat in a low carb wrap. I believe and it. oat milk ice cream. Mm. He lives and dies by that. Ooh, man! Oh yeah. The more and more I learn about John, I'm like, this guy. <laughs> this guy is complex. <laughs> he's a Renaissance he's man. He's got many layers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll segue that into more fan questions. We have one from Lynn M. Cole. Cole. Now that you and John are both working at AEW, how has Nora changed or impacted your travel plans, your day to day? And do you kind of like tag team watching her? I know you said like, are we getting a nanny? Like how, how does having a kid this time around affect both of you working on the road? Oh, brother. Well, at the time of this recording, I have only traveled technically once without her. So the first show I did was in Toronto. She came up with us with my whole family. The second show after that was Cincinnati. So it was still a home show. And then we did uh, Virginia, Norfolk after that. So going to Norfolk was actually my first time. We did not bring her. So it's funny. It's like such a, God, that mom guilt really sets in where it's like, okay, I'm leaving to go to work. Like we fly in the day of the show and then like instantly turn around and come back home. But um, a friend of mine, Misha Tate, she had sent me this like podcast link to listen to this doctor talk about like, you know, raising your children and the ramifications of the terrible things that we do to our children. So I'm like listening to this and I'm like, oh, my God, am I like 
I started having like a bit of like a stressy moment at the airport. I'm like, oh my God, am I like messing up my kid by being away from home for a night? Like you start to spiral out a little bit, but then it's like you kind of weigh the pros and cons. It's like, okay, is it more stressful for her and for me, for me to bring her for one night, which then she's got, then we've got to bring someone else with us to put her in the hotel room, get her to bed on time, do all those things. Or do I just be gone for 24 hours if that and then come right back and she gets to stay home and be like calm, cool, collected with all of her things, her house, her smells, her dogs, all those things. So it's it's really kind of juggling that. And I've not really landed on what the answer is to that. I don't know what's better or what's worse. I, like I feel like traveling with her for one day is a lot of work and going to stress her out more than if I'm just not there for a second. I'm sure she'll tell me about it in a couple of years. Um, it's like, mom, <laughs> this is traumatized. What are you Remember doing? Remember when you left for 24 Oh my hours? God. I know. It's like, <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, it really is crazy. Like the way your mind changes. And yeah, it's not, it's not just about me, but also at the same time, like, yeah, you still want to be, for me, it is important to be a woman that is working and I have my goals and my aspirations and I have things that I want to do as well. And, you know, I think as she gets older and understands those things too, I hope that she can have like admiration for what I do and she can see what I do and she sees what John does. I think that's the importance too, rather than just like constantly hovering and always being there. I want to be with my baby as much as I can. But yeah, it's funny. As soon as I get home, I'm like, okay, now it's like honed in really good quality mom baby time because now I've I've gone to do the thing. Now I can come home. Let's go to the zoo. Let's go to the park. Let's go like me and you just get to hang out and do our thing. But you know, when there's pay-per-view weeks and there's times that we are going to be away longer, of course, she'll come for that. Anytime I'm gone longer than that in or out, in and out, then she would come with me for that. But it's stressful, man. It's not easy doing like the mom thing and traveling and working. And AEW is not my only job either. So it's like I've got my podcast. I do a segment with the Bengals. So we are booked and busy over here and we're just trying to figure it all the hell out. So let's hope that I don't fully damage my child. I'm sure she's going to do just great. As I take a giant gulp of my coffee. Well, along the lines of travel. Was this a therapy session? Sorry, guys. It, it feels that way, but it's good. It's feeling good. We won't charge you. No, not at all. <laughs> so Rick Guzman wants to know, if you were to start a travel show mm. with three individuals in AEW, Ooh. who would it be and why? Okay, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. With three individuals, who would I do a travel show with? I mean, obviously my husband. John would be a good one. Mm -hmm. I would say Samoa Joe. Oh. I'm going to throw Joe out there. I feel like he's like kind of the renaissance man. He is. He walks around looking intimidating, but like he's his mind is deep. And oh, my God. And yes. Mm -hmm. No, he's the best. I feel like he is that guy that like has his like spots, his like places to go to and like cities and stuff. I feel like he, he knows what's up. So, yeah, Joe would be on that list. Do you know, who would be another one. And mm -hmm. I know this is this is your. Oh, list, no, let's collaborate. Out there, collaborate out there. Anytime I go to a city and I'm looking for like a coffee shop, I'll go to Claudio. Oh, and Claudio! I'm like, what is the coffee shop course, here? Yeah. And he pulls up his Google Maps and he has them all saved. He's like, "Oh, when I'm yes. in Detroit, I go here. When I'm in uh, Norfolk, yeah. I go here." And I'm like, "Yes, this this guy." Claudio's organized. He's got his shit together. He obviously knows where all the gyms are and stuff. Not that when I'm traveling, that's my number one. 
it's fine. <laughs> God, th- that's a really good question because I feel like I need yeah. to like throw a chick in there. And my instinct is to say Soraya because she is like my my buddy, my pal. I mean, I guess just for like hanging out and shooting the shit and having fun, it would have to be her. You got to have the good chemistry. You've got. Yeah, you've got to have like your travel partner that you're like having fun with. I'm going to I'm going to continue to like ruminate on that one. I might circle back to it and just add oh, in more names. If you don't want to limit it to three, maybe you have like a rotating guest spot. That's true. Good call. Like I almost like dare I say I I kind of want to kick John off my list. Oh, <laughs> he's not listening to this. Yeah. It's fine. I'll forgive you. Only because like when we travel, he is hard to like get to go out sometimes to like go find the things and go do like the little day trips and stuff because he's got his own schedule of like he's got to worry about getting his body right and he's got like he's got other things that he's thinking about. So I might like put John on the bench for this one. He's on the IR. He could be circled <laughs> back in, but right now <laughs> he's out. Maybe like Danhausen for good times. Oh my god. Okay. I don't really know exactly what he's got up his sleeves, but I like the idea that he could be a little bit of a wild card. Another suggestion, and which segues into our next question, RJ City. This fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> which, by the way, I loved your your episode of Hey EW with him. That was fantastic. Just like, oh my God, this is one of the best. I feel like every week it's like, how is this the best one yet? He's like, great. This, is, this yeah. is insane. So we have a question from Liz reading of the records. Would you and RJ City like to host a Good Morning Wrestling talk show? Yeah. Yes. Period. Yes. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. 100% we would love to do that. Um, It's funny because like my relationship with RJ, I feel like, I mean, with I, we're obviously both from Toronto and have like many mutual friends and whatnot, but I feel like him and I, anytime we're around each other, is just kind of like, we should do something together. We should be working together. We should find something to do. So I've been in AEW for approximately 30 seconds. So once I think like I get more settled and he's really only around like once a month at pay-per-views, right? He's our pay-per-views, but he also does like, yeah, he'll be on the road to record that episode. And then pay-per-views he's doing his road to where he's the chauffeur, yeah. which we got to get you on there. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I I love the idea of doing something with him. I th- He just cracks me up. I find him super entertaining. So hopefully at some point him and I get to do something together. Can not wait. Well, Renee, this was an absolutely wonderful morning, afternoon, whatever time zone you guys it's are in. It's still morning here, technically. Technically. I always say if it's light out, it's morning, just yeah. because I feel like that's the wrestling way. It's like fair. There's no windows at an arena. So it's <laughs> right. like, oh, good morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> good morning, Renee and RJ. That's, we're yes. going to segue into that. and just mm. I'm going to will it into existence. That's what I'm going to do. I, if we could all manifest that and put it on our vision boards, that would be fantastic. It's going up. I'm pinning it on Pinterest. Well, thank yes. you for spending <laughs> your time with us. This was absolutely wonderful. And I just love that you're at AEW. Yeah, Me too. for sure. You bring such positive energy to this team. And I'm just, I'm so looking forward to seeing everything that you do with us. And Thanks. you just making us better every week with all of your experience. I'm super pumped to be with everybody. I mean, it's such a cool fun environment for me to be in again like that collaborative nature of things i just love there's such an immense amount of talent at aew and i just i feel like the sky's the limit on what are we going to do with it Mm -hmm. there's so many opportunities for so many different people to to really thrive and do something really cool so i'm super pumped to be a part of it the world is our oyster it is anyway 
You can watch Elevation Mondays and Dark Tuesdays on YouTube. You can watch Dynamite on TBS on Wednesdays. You can watch Rampage on TNT on Fridays. I am Aubrey Edwards, along with my guest co-host, Alex Abrahentes. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. And you can watch Good Morning with Renan RJ. Yes! When it starts. Coming soon. When it starts. <laughs> Manifesting! <laughs> Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it.